0: And to those of you who are just tuning in through Facebook, through YouTube, through Twitter, we say we welcome you. We're glad to have you with us, logged in, tuned in, whether you're riding in your car, sitting at your house, or maybe you're at work, however you're connecting to us, we're grateful that you are here. And those people who are in the building are grateful that you have joined with us. So we appreciate this. Just give us a shout and a hallelujah or an amen on your keyboard and let us know you're watching, and we appreciate it. All right, let's get our Bibles in our hands. Before we go right into that, you guys keep that up. I'm going to pray. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, God bless this preaching moment, and we thank you for doing so in Jesus' name, amen. This is my Bible. Bible. I I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple, where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually, we confess our deliverance consistently, we commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. compassionately. Father God, God, feed me your word. word. Amen. Amen. You know, if you've ever been to a really fancy restaurant and they bring you the food, you thank the waiter, but you understand that the waiter didn't make the food. So you tell them, tell the chef, this is awesome. I'm just the waiter. I'm delivering you the food, but you got to realize it is God who done cooked it up for you. Amen. So that's why we say, Father God, feed me your word. I'm just bringing it to you. How many know you don't want a waiter that got dirty fingernails and nasty hands? So I do my job to bring it to you, but bring it to you in a well. Amen. All right. So we're going to we're going to go backwards and cover last week. Let's pull up last week's title. It was this, it was the path forward. And what we talked about is, and you can go to the next one. We talked about expectation versus uncertainty. So the expectation of, of things going into new year versus the uncertainty of not knowing what we're going to walk into. But God told me to give us four assurances and we're gonna re, uh, uh, recap those four assurances. The uh, letter A, the first assurance was this, when your path is dark, He will be your light. Letter B, when your path is confusing, he will be your peace. Letter C, when your path is hard, he will be your comfort. Letter D, when your path is weak, he will be your strength. And so we talked about the path forward. But we're going to piggyback off of that, and today we're going to talk about the path inward. Somebody say the path inward. Now we're still dealing with the, the, the duality between expectation versus uncertainty. And so, when uh, things can be uncertain, you still have to go forward. And so, I gave us some assurances on what, what happened when we go forward. But now you have to understand how to go inward as well. And there still is that duality of expectation versus uncertainty. So, we're going to give you a definition of uncertain. Again, we used this last week, we used the same one. Not able to be relied on, not known, or definite. When things are not sure and the faith walk is not always sure, we walk by faith, not by sight. So there is a heavy level of uncertainty. If, if you hear uh, Sister Rose's testimony, looking at the bills, it looks uncertain that I can keep my commitment to God. But by faith, she's like, I don't want to do that. I still want to keep my commitment. And somehow God works out a way and does it quick. But he doesn't always do it quick. Sometimes you stay suspended in that uncertain mode for a while, but your faithfulness has to take root. And so I want to add this to the conversation. We'll bring it up. Another major way to deal with uncertainty in the path is to go inward. So not only are we going forward, but we're also going inward at the same time. Every one of you who drove here today, you've done, you did the same thing. You went forward in your car, but you were also inside of your car. So you're in the vehicle. I don't care how much you warm the vehicle up. If you don't get in it, it's not going to help you go where you need to go. You have to be in it. So we have to learn sometimes how to go on the inside. Somebody say the inside. All right, so we're going to give you four reasons to go inward. Four reasons to go inward when you're dealing with any level of uncertainty, you need to go inward. And let me give you reasons why so that you will understand that it is a safe place. Sometimes it's safe to go on the inside. Now, all my life I thought I was an extrovert, but I'm learning that I'm an ambivert. An ambivert is someone who's both extroverted and introverted simultaneously. Once I get to extroverting so much, I want to be left alone. I want to go inward. I want to go inside. I don't always want to be pastor mode all the time. Sometimes pastor mode can wear me out. Just yesterday... After I left the breakfast meeting, I went to the nursing home, and after I went to the nursing home, someone called me to go and pray and bless their house and cleanse demons out of that house, and so I had to go and be prepared to go and do that. And in between, I was taking my son to basketball uh, uh, practice and picking up, so I'm doing a whole lot. And when I finally got home, I wanted to get into bed. I had it enough. I didn't want to talk to my, nobody. Want to see nobody. Didn't want to see the dog. I want to pull the covers over my head and rest. I I needed the moment of introspection. And this is something I want to point out to you. Sometimes, and this is not in our notes, I'm just going to add it. Sometimes rest is a beautiful way to go inside. Many of us, we do, do, do so much. And that's why we get in so much do, do, because we do, do too much. Sometimes you got to stop and rest. Sometimes you got to stop and say, no, I'm not going there today. Yes, you want to go to the birthday party. Yes, you want to go to the graduation. Yes, you want to go to the open house. But you can't do all of that all the time. Sometimes you just got to rest. you got to have a Holy Ghost Netflix and chill, just you and God, not nobody else, and just rest on the inside. So it's important. Going inside is important at times. But let me give you some strategic ways and reasons why to go inside. So let's go to point number one. Here it is, when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are replenishing. It's just like rest, you're not retreating. Don't think going inward means you're running from the problem. You are not retreating, you are just replenishing or refueling. Let me give you a definition of replenish, and Sister Trish said reset, that's a good word as well, and all these words will start with R in these points, But replenish definition, fill something up again, restore or restock supply to a formal level or condition. The whole earth operates economically on supply and demand. And you never notice any issue with supply and demand until demand has outreached the supply. What happens is the people can no longer restock and replenish. Normally when they tell us the storm is coming, you run to Payless and Walmart and you realize it's not a whole bunch of stuff on the shelf. Because of the weather, they haven't had a chance to restock and replenish. And then things get a little scarce. And when things get scarce, price goes up. When the demand is higher than the supply, the price goes up. The same thing in your life spiritually. When the demand on your life is strong and you have not restocked and replenished and reset, what happens is the price becomes too costly. And you have to understand that there is nothing more valuable than your own self. Of course, other people are important. I'm not saying other people are not important. But how can I love others as I love myself if I don't know how to take care of myself? If I don't know how to restock and resupply. You got to know how to when things are crazy, like David, who said of David, you got to know how to encourage yourself. You can't always look for the outside people to encourage you. you got to learn how to go inside and encourage yourself because the the demand is too high for you not to be refueled and restocked. All right? Having said that, let's go to our first scripture. Let's go to Ephesians 5.18, and Mother Mitchell is going to read it.
1: And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit.
0: The Bible doesn't say you can't have a alcoholic drink but it warns being drunk or with excess but instead it gives you a different option instead be filled with the spirit in other words instead of trying to do everything on the outside learn how to get drunk on the inside in other words learn how to do an overflow on the inside Of the spirit of God be filled and refilled to overflowing levels. Now I haven't been drunk since 1995, but I do remember a little bit that sometimes you would tell the the bartender, "Keep the drinks coming, keep it coming, come on, give me some more." When it gets low, give me some more and give me some of that. I want some extra. Well, it's got to be that way with the spirit. When it looks like things are getting low, God, give me some more. Give me some extra. See, you'll never get drunk in the spirit if you only have a Sunday morning relationship. you got to understand that after Sunday morning, and I'm not talking about Wednesday. I'm talking about Sunday evening. God, give me some more. And Monday, give me some more. And Tuesday, give me some more. I need to be filled to overflowing levels with the spirit of God on the inside. Because the demand is too great for me not to have what I need on the inside. So be filled with the spirit. Now, let me put this up and add this to the conversation here. Needing to be replenished is not always a sign of failure. In fact, it was a part of the original process. Just because you had to slow down doesn't mean you are a failure. Just because you have to reassess doesn't mean you are not successful. Sometimes you just got to slow down and stop and refuel, refuel and refuel and it's, it's important to know this especially at the beginning of the year but you also need to know it late in the year as well as seasons shift and as seasons change some of y'all you just need to refuel by having a budget a better budget than you had last year. I need to sit down and look at what I have and change some spending habits. Maybe I go to Starbucks only two times instead of five times because I need to adjust something. You're just reassessing, and it helps to refuel you. Don't keep doing the same thing. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. If you got the same results, you got to change something. And so stopping and pausing and refueling is nothing wrong. You ever seen somebody pull up to the gas station? Oh, I'm so stupid. What's the matter, sweetheart? My tank is on a fourth of tank and I got to fill it up. Well, baby, you don't have no money. No, I got plenty of money. Well, baby, that's why the gas station is there, so that you can refuel No need to beat yourself up. Just go to it and plug it in and get what you need, especially if you have the money. Now, if you don't have the money, I can understand you be crying. If you ran out of gas and you're walking with a gas can in your hand, I can understand you crying. But you mean you're right by the filling station and you feel like it's wrong? No, baby, just fill up. Well, Pastor, you know, I've been low the last few days. It's okay. Just fill up. Well, depression comes and attacks me. Well, join the group. It hits all of us. Just fill up again. It's not a problem. Just refuel. But i am never refueled by having the gas, hand, the gas uh, pump in my hand and the car over there. I have to connect the two in order for it to flow. And some people want to refuel without connecting to God. No, you got to get connected to God so that the fuel can flow. But it's a part of the original process. Go ahead and put that point back up that I had up just so they can see it again and it can sink in. For those of you who are taking pictures of the screen, it's a part of the original process, the original, original process. And I'm going to prove it to you by going to scripture. Let's go to Genesis 128. And Mother Mitchell, would you read that?
1: And God blessed them. And God said unto them,
0: Hold on, I'll, I'll pause your face. Talking about Adam and Eve. Go ahead.
1: Be fruitful. Yes. And multiply and replenish the earth. What? And subdue it. Do what? Subdue it. No, back up. Do what? Replenish okay. the earth. Okay. And, and subdue it. Okay. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth.
0: Okay, I get, I get all of that. But here's something that we forget when we're looking at the scripture. The fall of man had not happened. There was no sin. There was no Satan. There was no eating from the tree. So even before there ever was a fall, God told them to replenish. So that means that I'm only going to give you so much at a time. You have to do the rest. And in other verses, it says fill up. So another example is, is this, that there was Adam and Eve. But God didn't keep creating Adam and Eve. You, Adam, and you, Eve, come together, and you restock the earth. Y'all come together, and y'all replenish the earth. So from the original context, God always left it in our hands to take it and have the extra. I'm going to give you so much, but I need you to go the rest of the mile and stay connected to keep this thing filling up. So this is part of the original plan, all right? And so we're going to go to point number two, but I'm going to reiterate point number one. Point number one was when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are replenishing. Point number two, as I have it on the screen, is when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are renewing. So you are replenishing, and you're also renewing. All right, let's go to this next scripture here. And Mother Mitchell, would you read it? 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Through 18, we'll read 16, 17, and 18.
1: Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outward man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day.
0: Here's the key you have to understand. In the things of God, the inner man, if you expose yourself to God, the inner man is being renewed day by day. The inner man is being refueled day by day. I said you have to stay connected to God, but what God does, all you got to do is get close. See, there are these newer phones that have wireless charging. The old phones, you have to connect your charger to the phone for it to stay charged. The newer phone, all you got to do is set it next to the thing, and it keeps it charged. I always tease my wife because she love a five-below charger. The long ones, and I said, it's not going to last, baby. And some of y'all have a five below anointing. It's not going to last. But you need a wireless anointing. All I got to do is just get close. When I wake up in the morning, I feel the presence of the Lord. I'm refueled because my inner man is being refueled because of my connection to Jesus. And you don't have to see my connection. It's wireless, baby. God can download on me anytime he gets ready. That's why I don't wait till I get in the church setting to praise the Lord. I can praise him in the park. I can praise him in the parking lot. I can praise him at home. I can praise him in the backyard. I can praise him shoveling the snow. I can praise him raking the leaves because I got a download of the Holy Ghost. All I got to do is get close. And wherever the Lord is, that's where I want to be. Connected to God. I'm connected to God. And some of y'all, I can tell if you're connected to God or not by the way you act. Because you only focus on the outward things. But I've seen people go through some horrible outward things and somehow still connect with God. Because I know it means their inner man is being renewed day by day by day. So what that also means is we can't stay in the outward level. Because the Bible says the outward level is decaying. And that is naturally so. We, we are physically dying. We are getting older. We're changing. Our skin is dying. Much of the dust in your home is dead skin cells. We are constantly decaying. But not just physically, the world around us is decaying. The demonic principles are always coming after us. There is spiritual warfare and attack. And so you have to go in just to grab a, a space of sanity. Because if you stay in the outward level, it's, going not, it's not going to be very good. Because just as much as we can praise God in here, we can find stuff to complain about. When I say I... I, I, I don't want to complain. I'm choosing not to. It's not that I can't find something to complain about. All I got to do is look at my house. Well, this, this door is squeaking. This door needs oil. That piece of the carpet is coming up. There's a stain over here. There's a stain over there. I, I can pick something to complain about. Not only that, there's things on your job. You... You, you, you wonder, and especially in what I work, where I work, General Motors. I wonder how does a billion dollar company mess up so often? Amen. How do you not get simple stuff right? So when I clock in, there's a spirit of complaining that wants to grip my head because sometimes I get frustrated just walking through the doors. But I also have to be reminded it's the place where I get money, so I don't worry about y'all. Don't have to get everything right; just get my paycheck right. Listen, if you want to bankrupt the company, do what you got to do. Just make sure you pay me. Learn how to look for the good even in the middle of the bad. I heard somebody say this about marriages. Here's the problem about marriages. No spouse is going to have 100% of what you want or need. At most, they'll have 80% in most cases. So what a lot of people do, they trade in the 80 to go after the 20 but the problem is when you trade in the 80 to go after 20, here you are with the 20 and you realize, oh, I forgot all the stuff she did do. I got, forgot all the stuff he did do. Maybe she's not a good cleaner, but she's a great mother. So you trade to get a good cleaner, but she's a bad mother. You have to be careful trading people in. You got to learn how to praise God for the 80 and thank God he'll help you work through the 20. It's, so life is like that. So what happens is, so, so let me give you the marriage example again. What happens if the 20 is really getting on your nerves? The portion of the 20. Let, let me tell on myself, here's a portion of the 20 for me. I'm not always the tidiest person. I, I try to uh, do better, but sometimes I leave stuff in places. And sometimes Devin gets frustrated because she'll give me something to put up, and I'll take it from one place and put it in another. Here, get your mail out of the dining room. I take it from the dining room and put it in the kitchen. And here she walks and she's like, Andre, I, you know, can, can, can you put it up? Oh, my bad. I, and uh, unconsciously I did that. There's other things sometimes I'm doing that she may not like. But what happens is God helps her to work in the 20 and realize the 80 that I do have. Yes, maybe I didn't put my mail up, but the mail that came to me is bills and she ain't got to worry about me paying the bills. She don't have to worry when I buy new Jordans that the lights is going to be off. The lights will be on before I buy anything else for myself. So she's learned how to accept the 20 because she appreciates the 80. But what happens when the 20 is rough in your life, that's when you just go inside. Sometimes the best thing you can do for your spouse is shut up. Just go on the inside. And let God help you. And sometimes, especially us men, us dumb men, we'll figure something out. She ain't talking. What did I do? And that we, we, we so dumb, we don't know what we did. We'll try to fix anything. Sometimes you ain't got a nag. Just go inside and let God work on you. Same thing with everything. Those of you who are not uh, married, you're single, and you have children, sometimes just go on the inside. Sometimes these adult children, stop fussing with them. Stop trying to fix everything for them. Just go on the inside and, and take care of yourself. Sometimes they start figuring stuff out. You know what, Mama? I had, a, I had, a, I had an idea. And they tell you something that you done told them for 10 years straight. And all of a sudden they think it's their idea. But don't worry about it. You just went inside and grabbed something from the inside. And what it does, it helps your sanity. Life is absolutely easy if you didn't have to deal with people. If it was just you, you might be all right. But we got to deal with people. So you got to learn how to go on the inside and grab the help that you need. On the simple of We talked about it last week. When your team that you're rooting for is doing stupid stuff, you gotta learn how to go on the inside. I would be more excited, but one of my friends on my team, they don't know me, but since I watch them, I think they're my friend. They dropped the ball on fourth and one, they dropped the ball. But I had to go on the inside and not worry about it, that my team's not playing further. You can't allow life to just get you all stressed out. You got to learn how to have peace on the inside so it can stabilize you. Because here's the thing. This is what the devil knows. If I can trip you up on one thing, I can trip you up on a whole bunch of other things. So a lot of people, God, uh, Satan doesn't have to get you to sin. All he has to do is sin, stress your way. Because you'll worry yourself crazy. You haven't haven't, uh, uh, been in sexual beds you ain't supposed to be in. You haven't got drunk and done stupid stuff. You're just worrying, and now you're ineffective. So you got to stop all of that outward stuff and go inside. Now, look at how the verse continues. I'm going to read the first part of the verse again, and then we're going to continue. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Mother Mitchell, read the next verse.
1: For momentary light afflictions is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Mm,
0: The Bible calls it momentary, unless you know it's not going to last forever. And the Bible calls it light. Even though it is heavy to us, God said it's actually light, but then he says this, it's going to produce an eternal weight of glory. And it's a play on words because the actual uh, word for glory is the kabod, which means the weighty presence of God. So what God is saying, if you go inside, I'll switch the light affliction for something heavy, and the heavy is going to be an eternal weight of glory. In other words, what I put on you is going to surpass what you go through. And even though what you go through is hard and it's heavy, it won't be as heavy as what I put on you. And let me tell you something. People that you look at and say, wow, they are anointed. Let me know you, let let me let you know something. Public power happens in private places. And those private places usually are extrusionally hard for the person that goes through it. But when they come out of it, they have a heaviness on them. David was anointed king, but sent to be on the backside of watching the sheep. His family didn't know who he was His his brothers wasn't crazy about him Life didn't change just because he was anointed king He was still a shepherd boy And a lion came and a bear came He had to fight the lion He had to fight the bear And there was no Facebook for him to say Guess what, I whipped the bear today Nobody knew what he was going through in private But when Goliath showed up There was an anointing on David That happened in the private place Let me tell you you something. Yes, you've gone through hell, but what's coming on your life, what is coming down the pipe is going to be so grand and so powerful. People are going to look at you and they're going to say, wow. The Bible says, I believe it is of Peter, that even his shadow was able to heal people. But Peter went through some hell. But baby, if I come out of the hell, I'm not coming the same way that I went in. I'm coming through like pure gold and there's some power on my life. When you hear me raise the inflection of my voice, I'm not just raising the inflection of my voice. I'm tapping into the power that is on the inside. And I can't tell you all of my story because it would flabbergast you. But I've been through some stuff in this life. And what I carry is because of what I went through. I didn't want it. I didn't want it to be scheduled. But there's an anointing that came out of it. And I walk in it well. And now what I'm learning to do, I will not apologize for my anointing because it cost me too much. All right, let's look at the next verse. This brings it home a little, a little more.
1: While well, we look not at the things which are seen, uh-huh. but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are Are eternal.
0: Here's another reason why we got to go on the inside because what we see on the outside is very problematic, but it is not eternal, it's temporal. That means it's momentary. It's not going to last forever, but what I have on the inside will last forever. This peace that I have on the inside, it will last forever. This joy I have on the inside, it will last forever. This glory I have on the inside, it will last forever. So I focus more on the inward than I do on the outward. Now, it's not always easy because the outward can be very distracting especially when it comes in waves, and it's always something. But I've learned, even in the midnight hour, I've woken up singing praise songs. That means I went to bed frustrated, but even though I went to bed, my spirit didn't sleep. And God is connected to my spirit. And the Bible says God neither slumbers nor does he sleep. So God was in my spirit having a praise party while I went to bed, because what he was letting me know, I got to feel it. Everything going to be all right. I got a feeling that late in the midnight hour, God going to turn this thing around. And so I'm learning to go from the inside. That's why some people, when they tell you their story of how they got blessed, they said, I had a hunch. I had an inkling. Something just told me. Let me let you know it is the inward man that is being strengthened day by day. And what you're going to need to face this outside world, you're going to have to have something down on the inside. Amen. Something on the inside. Working on the outside. All right, let's go to number three. Let me read you one and two again. So one was when you go inward, you aren't retreating you are replenishing. Two is when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are renewing. And here's number three, when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are realigning. Now I got to turn a little bit of a corner here and I got to walk a little tougher on this portion because this is what the scripture is. So first I'm going to give you my definition of where we're going and then I'm going to give you the actual Webster's definition. Here's my definition that lines up to what I'm talking about, hypocrisy, purposely having the outward and the inward not in alignment in order to fool others. See, sometimes it's difficult to go inward. So some people, they just fake the funk and they try to make the outward look like What's not really happening on the inside? How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. You cussed seven folk out last week. Stop. Stop lying. Tell the truth. You got something going on. Why why you got to play? But it's easier to play than it is to really do the hard work to work on the inside. Because when you go inside, you got to deal with the triggers and the trauma that is left on the inside that happened because of the outward circumstances. They leave you with triggers and traumas and tests and trials. And sometimes you can't really always Know when you're navigating the inside That everything's okay And that's why I love Deliverance Temple We can just be real Pastor I ain't feeling it today Pray for me I'm struggling I don't like people who play the game Why play the game if this is the hospital If this is the hospital And you have a broken leg And you go to the emergency room And they ask you what's wrong with me Oh well I got an eyebrow that's itching well, what you doing here, if the only thing you have is an eyebrow, is if you scratch it and get on out of the way. No, let me tell you the truth. I got a broken limb and it hurts. I oh, remember when they asked you this on a scale of one to ten, how much does it hurt? Well, it's about a two. If it's a ten, don't lie and say it's a two. Oh, let, 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 me, let me walk a little more uh, rea- re- in more reality. Um, Miss Rowe talked about having a financial blessing. But some of y'all know you've been stealing to get your blessing. So I can just sit in here and act like I don't have a problem. But if you got a klepto spirit, you need to tell somebody so you can get prayer and stop faking the fuck Because that's what hypocrisy is. you you got to be able to be real. Now you don't have to tell everybody. But you got to be able to tell somebody. Because what, what the scripture also says is be sure your sins will find you out. And sometimes the best thing for some people is to get caught. Sometimes the worst thing for a person is to get away with it. Because when you get away with it, it makes it easier to do it again and again and again. And so here we are in deliverance temple. If you got something inside of you, on the inside, that is rough, it's okay. We are the type of people, we will pray with you through it. We'll walk with you through it. If we got to get tough about it, it's okay. That's what mentorship is. You, You sometimes get tough, but we won't throw you away. But there's a lot of churches, in order for you to be included, you have to fake it. I don't want to be that kind of church. Let's look at what the Webster's Dictionary says. Let's read it from Webster's Dictionary. It says this. Hypoc- hypocrisy, the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform pretense. Mm, just pretending. People who act like they're at a level that they're not. Sometimes you don't need to say amen. You just need to say ouch. Because ouch is more aligned with what's going on the inside that it is, amen. Preach it, pastor. Ooh, that's my pastor, go. Sometimes you just need to be quiet and be like, oh God, that's me. Whew. It's me, it's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. It's not my mother, it's not my father, but it's me. That hit me. It's okay to be quiet and say that hit me. You ain't got to shout at everything I say because some stuff you have to know I got to grab it. There are times that I've heard stuff in uh, service and realized I got to file that for later because I got to work on that. They were stepping all over my toes. I amen at some point in the message, but I can't amen. This is an ouch moment, and I'm about to have to take this, and I'm going to apply it to my life. But it's good to know the truth about you so you can make the changes that are necessary. Now we're going to go into words that are read. These are Jesus' words. Let's look at how Jesus is talking about it. And I said it to our men's uh, group yesterday. If you know anything about the scripture, when Jesus walked the earth, he was hardest on the religious people. He was softest and most compassionate on the regular people. In other words, the sinners, he had a lot of compassion for. But it was the religious folk he got on because they acted like they didn't have problems. And he was all-knowing and he knew better. So when you, re- when you retreat inward, you're not retreating, you're just realigning. Here's Matthew 7 and 15. Read that.
1: Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves.
0: Ooh, he talking about some prophets, some bishops, some pastors, some callers. Don't let a clergy caller fool you. Some of them folks are wolves. And they're in sheep clothing. And you got to have the discernment to know when you're dealing with a wolf, they look like a sheep. Yeah. And there are people who are saved and call themselves sanctified with a mighty burning fire, but they're a wolf. Don't tell them your troubles. Don't tell them your problems. Don't confide nothing with them. They'll turn on you. They'll talk about you. They'll lie on you. There are some church folk that ain't worth a dime. God didn't come for church folk. He came for saints. He came to save people. And so some people can fake it. They can, like I said, they can fake the funk. But I want the whole funk. And nothing but the folk. I want the real, real. I I, I want to be able to be in a place where I can be real with the people of God. I want to be able to have folk that say, pray for me. This is what I'm going through. I don't want to have to fake it. Sometimes you do have to fake it to make it. But there are some things you just can't fake. I'm hurting right now. Stop faking when you're hurting. I'm slipping backwards right now. Stop faking when you're slipping backwards. Tell somebody the truth. And if you can't talk to nobody, talk to God. I'm messing up. Help me, God. I'm struggling. Help me, God. I repent. Help me, God. As I, as I came up here on the stage, I felt to go and pray, and, and I didn't want to go up to that seat, so I went down to that seat and just prayed over the preaching moment. But I also say, God, forgive me for anything that I've done before I preach. And then the Lord told me to say the same thing for the saints. Forgive them for anything they have done. We repent we're just in case we're trying to realign ourselves because I don't want to project something that I'm really not. Here's, here's a funny thing, because we have something called N.D., where you can put stuff on your resume. Some folk, they put stuff on their resume that ain't nearly the truth. And it's not until folk hire you do they realize how much you lied on your resume. Do you know how to do Excel? Yeah, I know how to do Excel. And then you ask them to do something, it's all messed up. Baby, you lying. Well, sometimes that you can get away with that in the world, but in God, we got to stop playing those games. All right, let's go to the next verse, verse 16.
1: You will recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles?
0: Here's the thing. Yes, you can be full some of the time. But if you pay attention long enough, you're going to see the fruit. Yeah. See, these two hours in Sunday morning, it's easy to fake people out. But if I see you a little bit longer, I'll find out the fruit you really have. Let's look at the next verse. And this is Jesus talking, talking rough and tough. Read.
1: So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit.
0: You can tell me how blessed and highly favored you are, but your fruit will tell on you. Rotten fruit don't come from good trees. Good trees produce good fruit. And so sometimes you just got to wait long enough To see the fruit. Let me talk to you single people for a second. In the dating process is when you need to see the fruit. That's why you can't rush to the bed so quick because you don't get to see the fruit when you get in the bed too quick. You need to take some time and see the fruit. I've told you before, if they go off at everybody on the restaurant, before long they'll be going off on you. You're not dating just get somewhere and cuddle up in the back in the dark in the booth in the corner. You're trying to figure out what kind of fruit does he have. What kind of fruit does she have? Because rotten fruit, guess what? If you take good fruit and put it beside rotten fruit, what happens to the good fruit? Uh Uh-oh. Watch yourself. And let me get off of the dating scene and let me talk about church again. Listen, you can have a good preacher, a good leader, but if there's a whole bunch of rotten fruit in the pews, it's going to mess the church up. So we want to be deliverance temple, but we don't want to fake it. we got to get the rotten fruit out so we can be what we need to be in these last and evil days. Amen. I'm, I'm preaching better. Y'all let know. Somebody say, ouch. ouch. All right, let's go. Let's go on Matthew 23, 25 to 28. Now look at what he, what he says even further.
1: Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He
0: didn't waste no time. For hypocrites.
1: the outside of the cup and the plate. But inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence.
0: This is when they were getting on Jesus. They are talking about, your disciples didn't do the ceremonial washing. So they trying to point out how bad Jesus was as a leader. And he said, woe to you, you hypocrites. You clean the outside, but on the inside, you jacked up. You put a suit on every Sunday, but on the inside, you messed up. And he said, I he said, I basically he said, I see you. He said, On the inside, you're full of greed and self-indulgence and deliver me from greedy preachers. Can you pray for me? Where for a hundred dollar seed. Well, go on somewhere. If I gotta pay you a hundred dollars for prayer, you're the wrong preacher. Every now and then God will ask for a C, but you got a b- bunch of greedy preachers. They come into town and they know how much their bills are. Instead of being like Roe and say I'm committed to God, they look at folk as dollar signs. And Jesus said, y'all wrong. They was doing it way back in the day. And don't ever let me be a greedy preacher that sees beautiful people as dollar signs. You're not dollar signs. You're the children of the Most High God. And if I can't pray for you for free, there's something wrong with my spirit. Now, if I pray for you and God moves on you and you want to bless me, I will receive. But there is no price for the anointing of God. The price was paid on the cross of Calvary. Let's go to the next verse.
1: You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside also may be clean. So you blind,
0: you're doing it all backwards. Work on the inside. And if you work on the inside, it'll automatically take care of the outside. All the time you spend in faking people out on the outside could be spent on working on the inside. And when you work on the inside, you get a two-for-one. Work on the inside and it'll bless the outside. It won't happen right away, but I know I know people who said, I'm struggling this, Pastor, and I can see when breakthrough happens. It don't happen all of a sudden, but I can tell they're working on the inside, and things begin to change over time. Yes, I used to smoke five packs a day, but I'm down to one pack a day because I'm working on the inside. And since I'm working on the inside, it's affecting me on the outside. And somebody on the outside and look at you, ooh, look at you, you smoker. But they don't understand that God is doing something on the inside. And I'm so grateful that God is working on the inside when people can't tell it on the outside because God is the only surgeon that can work from the inside out. Every other surgeon has to work from the outside in, but God is able to work from the inside out. Let's look at the next verse or the last verse of this passage. Second to last.
1: Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all unclean.
0: So you look like one of those beautiful, beautiful things you see in the graveyard on the outside. But on the inside, there's not life in there. That's all he was saying. He said it wasn't life on the inside. And so y'all y'all, y'all do all the stuff on the outside. Oh, man, I don't mean to talk about anybody, but I've been in, in, in situations where they want everything right on the outside. They want the you collar right. You got to have the right color shirt on. You got to have the right robe and all the dressings up. Y'all do all of that, but then y'all talking about foolishness in the back. Some of the times these places y'all go, They'll they'll, they'll have the the bishops parade out, and they parade out, and everybody's standing clapping. You don't know the foolishness. They was talking back in the back, and they come out, oh, but they look good. They look like bishops. I've been in some circles and realized it ain't nothing but a bunch of foolishness, and I don't want to be no fool. And I've said it before. If I'm going to be a fool, I ain't going to do it from the pulpit. I'll do it out there. If I'm going to be a fool, I might as well do it out there. I'm not going to waste time trying to fake it in front of y'all. No, I'm going to let you know I'm real. I ain't, Listen, I don't have to have a clergy collar to preach, and I don't have to have a clergy collar to see it or not. I am human, and I need God to bless me to be what I need to be. And if I ever am anything, like I told you at the beginning, thank the chef. Don't thank me because it is the chef that makes me what I need to be. All right, last verse from this.
1: So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness.
0: Don't let that be us. That from afar, you look good, you looked apart from afar, but up close, you ain't it. And one, one thing that bothers me is, I don't, I'm irritated by any preacher who uses pulpit time to dog another preacher. There there was a rumor about T.D. Jakes. Y'all know the rumor. Why would I waste time talking about it in here? But here's the thing. If I can put him down, it'll make me look better. But that's the spirit of hypocrisy and lawlessness. If he really did fall, my goal should be able to pray for him because there's a lot of people attached to him that will hurt if it's true. But you have a lot of people that take time because it makes them look good. And in the, the close of the year, in the beginning of the, of the new year, there were things that happened. And because things are live, you have a lot of commentary about it. William Murphy and his church, they had something going on whether people believed it or not. I don't have time to use my pulpit to talk about it. Here's the thing. All I got to do is live by example. As for me in my house, we going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to talk about what this one did, what that one did, what that one did. Unless they did it here at this church, I'm not talking about it. Now, if somebody comes here and they do something in this church and I have to correct it, I'll do it. But other than that, it's not my job. I'm working on my own house, my own church. But it bothers me to see preachers do that because something's wrong with a spirit like that. Because why would you take time to kill your wounded? when you could be picking them up. All right, that's that's enough of that. I think it's enough of that. No, I want to go any further. Yeah, that's enough of that. Let's go to point number four. Let me read you one, two, and three, and four. And then uh, as a recap, and this is our last one. One, when you go inward, you aren't retreating. You are replenishing. Two, when you go inward, you aren't retreating. You are renewing. Three, when you go inward, you aren't retreating. You are realigning, so there's no hypocrisy. Here's number four. When you go inward, you aren't retreating. You are rejoicing. What what, what do you mean by that, Pastor? What what do you mean by that? I'll tell you just plain and simple. Sitting on the stage at Destiny Christian Center with my father's casket down on the ground. I was not supposed to do the emceeing, but uh, our cousin was going to do it. Got COVID and couldn't come. And so I said, I'll go ahead and do the MC. And so that means I'm navigating my own father's funeral. In the process, my other cousin, Chip Clark, he got up and he sang. And the Spirit of God fell when he sang. And I got up behind him and I said, This joy that I have, the world didn't give it. Since the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. So basically in that moment, I went on the inside. I went beyond the pain of the moment and the questions that I still have. And let me, let me, let me I haven't really talked about this. Let me, let me explain this because my father was up in years. So it's not like I didn't have him a long time. I had him for 45 years. But because of my work schedule and his work schedule, there were some conversations I always thought we would have. In other words, once I retire, there's some things that me and him are going to be able to talk about. When we talked a lot of times, we talked about present-day issues that were going on in the church. This needs to be done that In other words, they were very business conversations. But I was waiting for us, time for us to have father and son conversations as a grown adult. And it's, it's not that I was uncomfortable doing it. It was just that we didn't have the time. We were, he, was, he was busy being the bishop. I was busy being the pastor. So I always knew there's going to come a time in my older age where we could sit down and talk, talk. But I didn't get that. There's some questions I had to ask that never got answered because I just knew I was going to have some more time. But there in that moment, it was gone. It was gone like that. It changed quick. And some people was like, pastor, wouldn't tell people what was going on. I told you all everything I knew. It was good until it wasn't, yes. and when it changed, it changed quick and fast, yes. and so it, it, it was like a whirlwind, so there I was sitting, but then in that moment, I'm reaching on the inside, and I pulled that joy. and from then on, you were, if you, you notice, I've always been silly, but I've been pushing more silly videos out than I normally had in the past. I had been doing some, but I've been doing mainly silly ones, because in that time of grief, it was laughing that helped me get over. And also, it reminded me of how silly and funny my father really was. So in honor of him, I'm doing it. And I don't care who don't like, well, he a pastor. He shouldn't be having fun. I'm doing this for me. This ain't for you. I'm doing this for me. I'm going on the inside. And I'm grabbing the joy that I need. And yes, I prayed. And yes, I fasted. But what gave me the greatest benefit of peace was laughing. Ha, ha, ha. I laughed at the devil. And guess what? I'm going to do some more silly videos. Some more crazy videos. Because I'm reaching on the inside. And I'm rejoicing when it don't look like I should rejoice. I should still be hurting. And there's still some hurt there. But I'm rejoicing as well. I'm learning how to come over the situation even while I'm in the situation. All right, so let's look at this verse, Psalms 35 and 9.
1: And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation.
0: Not my outside, not my outside circumstances, but my soul. I heard Brother Donald in his prayer quote what we would say in many testimonies that that uh talking about my soul is glad when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah it's not about Outside, It's about inside. My soul is rejoicing. And I'm rejoicing in salvation. I'm rejoicing in deliverance. I'm rejoicing it won't always be like this. I'm rejoicing is that trouble has an expiration date. It can't last forever. I'm bouncing back. I'm coming up. I'm rising up. So I'm rejoicing right now. I don't wait till the battle is over. I shout right now. I praise him in advance. I praise him on credit. But I got to go inside to do it. Sometimes, sometimes I'm able to do it on the outside. Sometimes I got to do it on the inside, but look at what it says here on this next verse on the inside. Read this.
1: With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So the
0: inside is like a well. It's a salvation well that runs deep. And when you can't get any, any uh, relief on the outside, you, you go in the well dug deep that's down on the inside. And you pull up what you need when you need it. And here it says, we with joy draw waters from the well of salvation. Now let's look at what Jesus said. Read this verse, John seven thirty eight.
1: He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water.
0: I got living water down on the inside. I may be decaying on the outside, but I got living waters down on the inside. And baby, I don't have gas. That's not the bubbling I have. I got the Holy Ghost down on the inside. I'm like Jed clapping. Up from the ground came a bubbling crew. I got something down on the inside. I got joy in here. I got glory in here. I got in here, I got peace. In here, I got a sound mind. In here, and it's down on the inside. And I'm so glad that it's in me. It's pressed down. It's shaking together. It's running over. But one day it's going to overflow. It's going to show up. But it's on the
1: inside.
0: Come on, one more verse. Oh, a couple more verses. I lied to you. Come on, verse 39.
1: Now this he said uh-huh. about the spirit. Whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit has not been given, because Jesus was not yet
0: glorified. When he says glorified, talking about he had not yet died. So when he talked to them, it hadn't happened yet. He was telling them about something that would happen in the future. But for us, it's already here. We got living water right now. Not R-I-G-H-T, but R-A-T right now. I got the Holy Ghost right now. I got joy right now. I got peace right now. I got love right now. I got it on the inside. It may not look like it because cause I don't have a car and I don't have a house and I don't have a husband and I don't have a wife and I don't have a career and I haven't graduated yet and my dreams are not realized yet. But baby, just keep watching me. Keep letting me live because what's happening on the inside going to show up on the outside. All right, so read this here, mother.
1: But as it is written, yes. I have not I seen, haven't seen, nor ear heard, yeah. neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him.
0: This is normally where we stop at the verse. I have not seen, and ear have not heard. But we don't go to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse.
1: But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Unto who? Us.
0: Unto us by his spirit.
1: For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of
0: God. Yeah. See, people look at me and say, you laughing and you acting silly. You not deep, baby. I'm really deep. I'm deeper than you know I am. You're fake deep I'm real deep because I got the spirit on my spirit and it searches the deep things of God and in the deep thing God told me to laugh in the midst of my trial laugh in the middle of the fire laugh in the middle of the problem laugh in the middle of the pain because guess what I'm bouncing back and my bounce back has always been pretty strong I may lean I may move I may rock but I ain't never I ain't never failed. I ain't never fallen. God has always brought me back up. So I'm laughing at the devil. I'm laughing at the trouble. I'm laughing at the problem because God is on my side. And if God be for me who can be against me he's the head and not the tail he's above only and not beneath and he lives on the inside of me and i got a reason to praise the lord i got a reason to shout hallelujah i got a reason to say thank you jesus because i know god is on my side he's jehovah jireh he's jehovah nissi he is the friend. He is my brother. He's so high you can't get over him. He's so low you can't get under him. He's so wide you can't get around him. But he is my God and he lives in me. Come on stand to your feet. Here's the last one. Here's the last point I'm going to leave you with. The path inward enables us to tackle the path forward. Somebody say it's on the inside. I'm closing a promise. Back in the day when I was young, they had a commercial about spaghetti sauce. Called Prego. And they say, it's in there. Well, let me let you know, I got the Prego on it. It's in there. But you're broke, but it's in there. But you're sick, but it's in there. But you're depressed, but it's in there. You can't see it, but it's it's in there. The path inward. Let's let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, we are more in than we are out. When the servant woke up the master Elisha, he said, we're going to die. We are surrounded. And the master said, God, open his eyes that he can see there's more with us than there is against us. And God, with everything we have on the inside that you put in us, (laughs) that is the absolute truth. There is more on our side than there ever can be against us. And God, we will reach inside and grab what we need. But guess what? It ain't going to stay on the inside. It's time for it to be seen on the outside. So, God, I want more testimonies more miracles to come and hit these people in their lives so they can be excited about the God that they serve. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say amen, amen. amen. Let's, let's not go quite yet. Um, just really quick, I'm going to say one more prayer, and then we will, we will leave from this. We'll give the, the God bless, and we'll leave from this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, anybody under the sound of my voice here as well as online, that has never invited you in. They can't, they can't have this sermon if you've never been invited in. So God, I pray that today they would open up their heart and let you in. All the way in. So Father God, save those who need to be saved. Reclaim the back sitting and come inside. Because all they got to do is ask you. Because the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And for that we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.